a man wants to protest fox hunting, you won't believe what he does next. You like, you like these new clickbaity intros? A man walks into a police station reporting that his iPad has been stolen, and you won't believe what's on his iPad. Actually, I'm kind of enjoying this. And then we travel back to 1600s America, when people feared witches, and the devil was around every tree. In an environment like that, it should be no shock that a man was accused of the ultimate crime because of a disfigured pig. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Let's see if we can get all three stories in. Let's go ahead and jump right into this. Let's go ahead and hop on over to jolly old England, UK, the United Kingdom. There we're going to meet a dude named Mark McGowan. Okay, so basically this segment is is, is more just a list. Now, my British listeners, are, they're already like, oh, not this guy, not Mark McGowan. So Mark McGowan, a.k.a. Uh, Chunky Mark, he goes by that name, that's not, that's not something that bullies called him in high school, or elementary school, or today, he goes by Chunky Mark, he also now goes by, like, taxi cab artist, taxi cab artist, because now he drives a, a taxi cab around UK, he shoots YouTube videos, all this stuff, none of that stuff's really important, what I found out about this guy was this list, he's a performance artist, which is, basically, I'm an artist, but I can't do anything, so I just come up with wacky things to do. Now, I've seen tons of performance art in my time. I've seen just dismal things, and I've seen stuff that I didn't even think the human body was possible to do. And I'm not going to go into detail what that is, but let's look at what Chunky Mark has done. So first off, the, what this came out of my new news folder. I have a folder of a bunch of articles from 2004 for a podcast I did back then that I never covered, and I still go through from time to time. In 2004, he had this big, groundbreaking performance artist thing because there was a bunch of protests about fox hunting. People wanted it. A lot of He says a million people were protesting for fox hunting. A million people were protesting against fox hunting. But I live in a housing estate. There's a bunch of crack addicts, and nobody protests or marches for them. So... To, to bring attention to the plight of the crack addicts that he lives next to, he ate a fox. He eats a fox, right? And and he, he a dead fox. He's not chasing it down the street, ah, ripping its guts out. So he eats this fox. And he said, it's delicious, but he almost threw up a couple times. People are like, what? How many meals are delicious yet also make you want to throw up? And he goes, no, 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 no. I was totally fine eating the fox, but I was surrounded by people who kept going, ugh. I don't know, I like, I've never desired to eat a fox, but I, I wouldn't be grossed out if someone else did. I wouldn't be grossed out if I saw someone else eat a cat, either. I don't know what that, I mean, would you? Like, I think I'm more grossed out when people eat, like, squid, or, like, if someone tried eating a jellyfish, like, put a big straw in it, and trying to suck it all up, get that sweet, sweet jelly out of there. That's more gross to me than someone eating a fox. I don't walk around a Japanese sushi restaurant going, Ugh! And then I'll like, I'll take two orders of that sushi, please. So he does that. Now, he also, also in the same article, before we get into the list of great stuff he did, he ate a swan. What you figure swans are basically just beautiful chickens, right? It's the same thing. Well, apparently in the United Kingdom, 
Only the queen is allowed to eat a swan. Now, I wasn't able to verify whether or not that's an actual law, but he ate a swan because, to you know, because, oh, if only the queen can eat one, then I want to eat one too. And apparently there was a bunch of, like, just, uh, oi, 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 cops standing around him as he's eating the swan, deciding whether or not to arrest him. I believe he did it. I just don't know if it's really against the law. So he, but, okay, you're like, wait a second. His name's Chunky Mark. He, both things you've told me about, he just eats stuff. Is that, you're just going to tell us about a bunch of eating challenges? No, 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 no. Because that would be boring. This guy's done some crazy stuff. Let's look at this stuff. In 2002, he had a thing called Beat the Queen 2002. In case you forgot what year it was, you just go to his exhibit. He dressed up as the Queen of England and asked people to punch him in the face. Which people complied, people beat him up. People beat him up. That is this guy's level of performance art. You're thinking, I could do that. You could. You could dress up as a woman and ask people to punch you in the face. But, so that's not super imaginative, right? Let's rate it on the scale of eating a swan. It's not as cool as eating a swan. In 2002, he had a thing called Roll Over. He wanted to bring attention to the plight of road cleaners during Christmas time. That's a very specific, that's a very specific protest to do. What? Look at that guy driving down the road in that road cleaner. No one said thanks to him today. I'm going to do this. He put on cleaning gloves. And then he rolled down the street singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. He's rolling down the street for four miles. So basically, okay, I'm going to start giving him credit for at least, that's above a swan eating. But that's also like you're driving to work, you're like, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And I love that to show solidarity with the, the cleaners, he just wears gloves, the universal sign of being a cleaner. So anyways, he does that. Now, you're like, how can you top that? Oh, we're not even getting started. Or you're thinking, Jason, this is super boring. I'm going to fast forward through this segment. Hey, either or. In 2003, he did, it was kind of the same thing. He did a thing called Monkey Nuts. Monkey Nuts 2003. It's not what you think. He's not putting a bib on and being like, Mm-mm, I know what I'm going to eat today. No, what he does is he, a monkey nut is apparently a real nut. And he wanted to protest against student loans. Not give, he's like, banks should not loan money to students. People should be able to afford their own education. It was about like student loan debt and all that stuff. He wasn't protesting student loans as a theory. He put a monkey nut on the ground. And from Goldsmith University to 10 Downing Street, which is five miles, he rolled the nut down the street just using his nose. Now, of course, I'm thinking, did he bring a sleeping bag? No, what happened was... He would only go so far, and then he would mark the area, and go home, and watch the telly, and eat some bangers and mash. And the next day, he'd come out, he'd put it back there, and he'd keep rolling it. You're thinking that's kind of a cheat. Well, he has to be able to eat, consume calories to use the bathroom. Well, that actually comes up later, but he's doing this. It takes him 12 days. He goes three-fourths of a mile each day, which he was rolling way faster than that. But I guess it's easier to roll your old body than just... By the time he gets to 10 Downing Street, it's been such a spectacle. The police are actually cheering for him. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. Chunky Mark. Chunky Mark. A little teardrops come from his eyes. Oh, why did I pick that nickname? Chunky Mark. Chunky Mark. And they gave him tea when he got there. Proper British. In 2003, there was this Italian food critic who said English food was gross. You've already protested, you know, street cleaners. No one's saying thank you to them. You've protested student loans. You don't want them anymore. Only the rich should be able to go to school. So some Italian guy says English food sucks. He decides to turn himself into an English breakfast. I can't say the word, so just deal with it for the next two minutes. 
tries to turn himself into an English breakfast. So at that point, I'm thinking, is this his last one? Does he go to the slaughterhouse and get turned into sausage? No. Which would have been cool, but not so cool, because then that would have been the end of his career. He gets a bathtub of baked beans, puts a necklace of sausage around his neck, sticks chips up his nose, which everyone else in the world calls french fries, and sits there for 12 days and just keeps peeing in it. Now, that wasn't part of the performance art. Part of the performance art wasn't, "Mm -mm -mm, English food is so good, you can pee in it. It's so delicious, you can eat it, even when it's full of human urine. He just didn't think that far ahead, because for 12 days, he's sitting there and he would just pee. I believe when he had to go number two, he got out of the baked beans, but there's no proof. And really, would you... Ugh, now I'm making the wretched noises. We're not done. We're almost done, though. 2004. These, I think, were his two best ones. And this was pretty much the end of his career. Because everything I felt was a build-up to this. I know I ditched the Swan rating system. Everything was a build-up to these two ones. These ones are amazing. First off, 2005. On the Road to a Miracle. 2005 is the name of this art project. He knows this drug addict because, you know, he lives next to a bunch of them. Eating a fox didn't relieve all of the <laughs> all of the addicts in his apartment building, but he was just trying to bring attention to him. But he does know one addict, and the addict, not an addict, he doesn't know a storage unit over a house. He's like, look at, no, why won't anyone put stuff in this attic? And everyone's like, what? It's stupid. He's like, no, 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 I mean, why won't anyone put this addict into recovery? And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So this drug user, as I'll call him, can't get into rehab. So, on the road to a miracle, what happened is <laughs> the drug at the dang it, the drug user lays on the ground, lays on the road. Right? He's a lot of road stuff here. I guess this is good for publicity. They're doing it out in a field. No one's going to know about it. This one gets done out in a field all the time, and nobody knows about it. Drug user is on the ground, and Chunky Mark walks up and kicks the drug addict, and then the drug addict gets up and walks a couple feet. And then gets back down on the ground. And Chunky Mark walks up, kicks the drug addict, drug user, walks a couple steps, lays down. They do that for seven miles. So it's monkey nuts, but instead of a monkey nut, it's a, it's a horribly addicted man who has nothing to live for rather than other than getting kicked down the street. And they do it for seven miles. It took him ten days to go seven miles because they only moved when he got kicked. And I'm assuming it's the same thing as the monkey nut. He ate some bangers and mash and watched the telly. The drug addict may have just been still laying there. He could have been like, hey, I'm going to mark this. And the guy's like, no, no, no. I'm good here. I'm just, I'm just going to sleep. Also, you think about it. Was he doing drugs when he was getting kicked for 10 days? Wouldn't that be rehab? Like if you're kicking a dude and he's like, no, no, not yet. Not yet. I'm taking a hit of my meth pipe. <sighs> he kicks him and he swallows the meth. He's like, ah. Yeah, going 10 days without doing drugs isn't that kind of the beginning of rehab anyways. This one had a happy ending, though. Not that he swallowed a meth pipe and became super meth man. It's the fact that uh, he did get into rehab. He kicked him all the way into rehab. Now, there's no... We don't know if he continued to be in rehab. He may have gone into rehab and got off whatever drug it was on and then had to go to the ER for severe bruising. And they're like, oh, here's some oxycodone. Do you want some? And he's like, hmm... I'll try. I'll try. Look, it's a little taste of that opioid. We don't know. But kicking someone for seven miles, he probably did at least need an aspirin for that. Finally, 2005, where this is Brighton Rocks. Because here's the thing with being a performance. If you're a painter, you don't paint a sunset and go, how am I ever going to top that? I got it. Two suns. I'm going to draw two suns coming over an English field. 
if you're a sculpture, not, not if you're a statue, if someone made you and you're a sentient statue, if you're a sculptor and you make this guy, this giant guy with no clothes on holding a spear, you go, well, that's weird. But also you don't go, hmm, how am I going to top that? I need to make an even bigger, like there's, the art is different, right? You may be wanting to test little um, techniques and stuff like that. But if you, Mona Lisa, guy drew Mona, uh, who drew Mona Lisa? Leonardo da Vinci draws Mona Lisa, right? And then he doesn't go, hmm, you know what? I'm going to draw Mona Lisa like riding a unicorn. It's, that's the painting, right? You don't top yourself. Performance art, he, once he eats a corgi, then he can't be like, I'm going to protest something by like putting an ice cube on my eyeball for three days. That'll show them. See, so he's already kicked drug users, uh, became breakfast. He um, did some other stuff that I already forgot. I look back. Oh, he uh, pushed the monkey nut. I might have said that already. Anyways, so how are you going to do that? He does this thing. So again, and also the thing with being performance art, if you're just a painter, you're Thomas Kincaid, you're like, oh, great, another garden. Oh, great, another village. Oh, great. You're just going to keep painting the same thing over again. You know, oh, Mona Lisa, I think I'll draw another chick next time or invent... Leonardo, Leonardo, did they call Leonardo DiCaprio earlier? Leonardo da Vinci's a bit of a different one because he did all sorts of stuff. But uh, who's some other dude? Um, some other painter that you know of? He he does the same thing, right? Or she? Let's not be sexist. But performance artists not only do you have to keep coming up with new stuff, you also keep having to come up with new stuff to protest. You've already got a man into rehab, which is a noble goal. This one, this one, people are taking, people are visiting the seaside of England and taking rocks home to put in their gardens. And Chunky Mark's walking down the street and he's like, sees this beautiful garden. He's like, that's, that's, that's sedimentary limestone. That only, that only appears on this coast. <gasps> no, no. Black rock. Black rock only comes from Black Rock Beach near the coast. No! Camera pans up. He's in the middle of the city. There's just beautifully cultured gardens, or is it cultivated? Gardens everywhere. He's had enough. Should not be able to take rocks home from the beach. So that is this thing he's protesting. Now, okay, there's a lot of ways to protest. What I would have done is, is like maybe taken all the rocks and built little statues or flooded their gardens with water and say put a sign up it says welcome to the beach i mean both of those are vandalism <laughs> both of those are destruction of private property should so it should show what type of artist i would be basically a supervillain performance artist what he does is he gets 18 sticks of candy rock so it's like sugar little sugar rock tapes them around his face around his head so basically his he's now the representation of a rock then he takes two. That That's enough, right? Just walk down the street and go, don't take me from my house. You just walk up to people's gardens and go, my children, my children, they should be at home on the beach with me. And just do that very loudly for seven miles. No, he then takes two 12-pound rocks and attaches them to each ankle. So 12-pound rock on one ankle, 12-pound rock on another ankle. His face is completely covered up in candy rock. He then has a, has a plan. He wants to walk to from where he's at now to the beach. It'll be a big protest how these rocks should be returned to the beach, right? But then he goes, no, no, no I'm not going to walk. I'm going to cartwheel. I'm going to do a bunch of cartwheels for 60 miles. 
from here to the beach. With two 12-pound rocks attached to each leg. His vision completely obscured. I imagine the flies and the bees are attacking him every day. He wakes up covered in ants. He makes it only four days. Four days of cartwheeling. Whoa. 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 Um, this one, it was one of the few ones he quit. Because his chiropractor told him that he was going to have horrible injuries because of it. So that is the story of Chunky. That is the 20 minute long segment that I did not expect to be that long of Chunky Mark. But um, <laughs> that's that. There's no way to edit it. It's just it's the way that it is. I'm sure it'll be like five minutes short. So maybe 15 minutes. But there you go. Let's save the iPad story for tomorrow. We definitely don't have time for that. So you sent too much time talking about Chunky Mark. But he's a weirdo, and I like weirdos, and I like profiling weirdos on a story. Let's go ahead and go to 1600s Connecticut. We're hopping on board the carpenter copter. Chunky Mark is mid-cartwheel. And he's like, oh, my back, my back. Oh, oh, hey, guys, don't leave me, don't leave me. I've, I've given you so much joy for this segment. We're like, yeah, whatever. We're protesting helping performance artist right now so we fly away he's like my back my back as we're flying away we see a bunch of rocks a bunch of rocks walking towards them i don't know why they'd be menacingly walking towards them they want their children back at home but anyways that's the end of that segment we're flying we're headed out to connecticut it's the 1640s now back then connecticut these are all still real new colonies This was like the hip spot on planet Earth. This was the new club to open up. Everyone wanted to go there. Back then, it wasn't called Connecticut. It was called the New Haven Colony. So we're flying over New Haven Colony. And we are going to meet a man named George Spencer. This is a true story. We have all sorts of trial transcripts for all of this stuff. Which we have a lot of trial transcripts for all of the witch, witch trials. But this one's a bit different than an actual witch trial. This one is something more... Let's just get into it. George Spencer is not a pleasant human being. So let's take a look at this guy, George Spencer. And I'm going to say almost all the information I got is based on an article called The Trial of George Spencer. It's written by Romeo Vitelli. So got to give credit where credit's due. Thank you so much for writing this article. George Spencer is a trouble in town for two reasons. One, he's an out-and-out atheist. He only reads the Bible. You're supposed to read the Bible. It's the new world. Everyone's super pious when they come over. But he doesn't want anything to do with it. His employer has to make him read the Bible. You think your boss is bad. Has your boss ever made you sit down and read the Bible? What? It's your 15-minute break, but I better see you reading the story of Job. You're like, oh, man. Talk about eternal suffering. I'm eternal suffering having to stay in this break room. What'd you say? Anyway, <laughs> Anyways, he'd mock the Lord openly. He's a jerk on top of being an atheist. So that's kind of strike two. Not saying that being an atheist is strike one, but in that community, very, very religious, regimented community, he wouldn't read the Bible. His boss wouldn't make him read the Bible. And that's another thing. Multiple bosses could never keep a job. He'd be outright blasphemous towards the really only religion being practiced at that time in that area. He was a jerk overall. And then probably his biggest crime in the time of witches and warlocks horribly ugly, horribly ugly. He was just described as being kind of grody looking and he had like a dead eye. And on top of that, he had an ugly soul in him. Right? So he's not doing anyone any favors. The only people he's doing favors to is himself and he would just work at a job and they just mouth off. He was cussing all the time. 
being blasphemous. He'd get fired. He'd go get another job. You know, it's funny. I get because it's you would think that the town would just get tired of him, and kick him out. But you would think there's not a lot of people over there. So you kind of need all the labor you can get. Like nowadays, I can go to a job, and if I don't go, someone else will fill that job. But back then, when I say nowadays, I mean pre and post coronavirus. Right now, most of us don't have jobs. But as of you know, pre or post where we're at right now, you, you, your job market was pretty pretty rocking, right? But back then, if you only had like five hundred people on the continent, you couldn't afford. Some guys being a jerk, you can't be like you're fired. And then your blacksmith business just fails because you're like, no way. That guy made a mean joke about Jesus, so I'm, I'd rather my business fail. You didn't have that many people on the continent. So your, your unemployment, you had to employ people even if they were jerks. But see, one day this dude who used to, he used to work on a farm. He used to work everywhere, really. This story could have started anywhere. But he used to work at this farm, and the farmer goes out and He's feeding his cows. <laughs> that cow apparently glued his mouth shut. He's eating too much peanut butter. Feeding the chickens. And then he goes to feed the pigs. And then he notices there's a baby piglet. A little baby running around. And he's like, oh my god. That, that, pig's, that piglet's disgusting look. Ugh. Um, starts making wretched noises. Ugh. What's wrong with that piglet? Piglet is hideous and has one dead eye, a white eye just staring out at the farmer. <laughs> oink, oink. Oink, oink. <laughs> His voice changed now that the guy knows that this is an ugly little piggy. And he runs to the town and he goes, guys, guys, you got to see this. There's not much going on in New Haven Colony. There's no television, right? So this is like the big news of the day. Come on, everyone comes out to his farm. Look, and this little piglet not only has a dead eye like George Spencer, but he the, the pig just kind of looks like George. The, the pig's face looks like George Spencer's face. Uh, everyone's kind of looking at each other. They just don't want to look at the pig. They don't want to look at the pig. But I, I, I don't have a problem with a little ugly... Here, come here, little piggy. I'll hold you. I don't have a problem with this little ugly pig. We're now taking care of this pig. We're kind of feeding it. The rest of the townspeople are like, Dude, George... We're in agreement, right? George banged... George banged the pig, right? Like, we're all in agreement with that. Everyone in town goes, Yeah, yeah, it's... It, we don't know much about biology. We don't even know what biology is because it's 1640s. But... He used to work here, and that pig looks like him, and has the same dead eye. And as we all know, if someone suffers some sort of eye injury in their life, their kid will be born with a dead eye. Right? That's the way it works. Right, one-handed Joe, and the guy with one hand's like, yes, all my children have been born with only one hand. So he gets arrested, right? And he's told, you gotta confess, George, tell us you were banging this pig, or things are only gonna get worse. And you think about what can get worse, <laughs> what can get worse than being accused of banging a pig? Right? But he does. He's like, that's bad enough. That's bad enough. That's a horrible enough allegation. He confesses and then recants. He's told to confess again. And he goes, listen, I admit that I lied to people. And I admit that I was blasphemous. And I admit that I banged that pig. But I'm not gay. I'm not banging any, I'm not banging any dudes. Now, what's 
what's funny is I don't know if that's an allegation. I don't know if they said, listen, we know you banged this pig and we think you're out banging Indians and other dudes in town. Or, and he was just like, oh, no, no, I banged the pig, but I didn't do that. Or I like to imagine that he's sitting there and they go, we think you've done gross stuff. And he's like, I'll tell you this right now. I've lied. I've cheated. I've stolen. And I banged that pig, but I've never done your brother in the butt. Like, well, I didn't accuse you. I didn't accuse you of bringing my brother in the butt. Okay, just so we know, I didn't do that. And I didn't go out there into the, into the wilds and bring a bunch of... In- what? what you not, why are you bringing that up? That's what I like to imagine. Just even a little more lighthearted. But anyways, he eventually denies everything. They put him on the stand and he goes, Nope, I didn't bang the pig. I definitely didn't bang those Indian dudes over there. They're sitting in the back. They're like, oh, he doesn't rat us out. I definitely didn't bang those Indian dudes over there. I didn't bang that guy and that guy. But, and I didn't lie either, but I lied when I confessed. I'm telling the truth now. I didn't do any of this stuff. Now, back then, you needed two witnesses for capital crime, because that's what this was. This wasn't 100 lashes and you're let out of the city. This was the death penalty, and the pig had to get killed. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Hold that little piggy tight. The pig had to be killed, because that's what it says in the Bible. If a man lays with an animal, kill a man, kill the animal, because they're both impure. So, you need two witnesses for that. But the thing is, is there's there aren't two witnesses. There's just George Spencer. But the judge goes, well, technically, we can figure this out. His confession is witness number one. And his son, that little piglet over there, is witness number two. Guilty. Aww. Now, George Spencer, on April 8th, 1642... He's hung, or hanged, whichever it is, I don't care. And the piglet was saved by us, and nothing bad happened to the piglet. The end. It's now living in my apartment. That's why my apartment's so messy. I want you to meet my roommate, Earl the Piglet. Nothing bad. Don't look up. Don't go to the show notes. Don't click on the link. Nothing bad happened to Earl. But what's funny is that's not the end of this story. Now, you imagine people afterwards thought, he, he, may, he, probably didn't, he probably didn't bang that pig. Like, afterwards, people must have changed their mind about what happened there. Because, yes, you had a little deformed pig. But then you go, you know what's funny is I'm sure other people were thinking the whole time, oh, man, I've banged so many animals on this farm. I hope I don't get arrested for this. People were probably banging a lot of animals back then. Again, there's only 500 people on the continent. You, There's no television. What else are you going to do? So I'm sure a lot of them relate. The judge is like, whoa. Apparently the judge is Rodney Dangerfield. They get no respect when I'm banging the cows. So I'm sure there was probably a moratorium on everyone else banging animals for a while because they were afraid something was going to happen. The reason why I think there was a change of heart was five years later in the same colony, New Haven Colony, there is a dude, no joke, named Thomas Hogg, who's charged with banging a pig. Because the pig, there's a piglet. Maybe they had a problem with deformed pigs in this area. Maybe there was some old native curse on the area. Every 10th generation, a pig will be born and look like a local person. Thomas Hogg, again, not a very well-liked person. A piglet is, how ugly do you have to be when people keep comparing you to pigs? Like, to the point of, not like you're just like, a big guy. That piglets actually look like you on a regular basis. How horribly deformed do you have to be? Anyways, Thomas Hogg gets accused of banging this pig. This one, 
they go, okay, remember five years ago when we hung that dude over that? We need a little more evidence. So they are pretty sure they know which pig Thomas Hogg actually had sex with. So they put all of the hogs, including Thomas Hogg, into a pen. And they go, we want, there's no joke. This is actually something they used in trial. We want you to go up and we want you to start fondling all the female pigs. And, and when you get to the one that we know you banged, we want to see how it acts. Now, there's a thing called jury by your peers. There's a thing called live stream bestiality porn. Like, this is disgusting, right? I would not want to be on that jury because you're like sitting there and you're like, why, guys, can we just say this dude's in it? I don't want to watch this guy molest 10 pigs. They're like, wheels of justice turn slowly, my friend. Wheels of justice turn slowly as you're watching this guy, this deformed man walking around fondling pigs. When he gets to the, this is gross. So if you happen to be, <laughs> if you happen to be eating anything, this part's, this part's pretty gross. Okay, guys. And I honestly can't work my mind around how this is even possible. I barely understand how human sexuality works. I have no understanding how pig sexuality works. He's walking around. He gets to the pig that, that gave birth to the deformed piglet. He gets to this pig. He does, starts molesting the pig. And then with the, quote, workings of lust, whatever that means, the female pig, the effects were so extreme that, quote, she poured out seed before them. What in the, what does that mean? Like, I get if you're saying seed with, is he, are they saying that the female pig just started coming everywhere? Is that, is that really, is, is this like, like a, is that what that means? <laughs> is that what that Because, guys, at that point, I don't care if the guy's guilty or innocent. I'm throwing up. First off, I'm never going to eat a hot dog again. Next day, your family's eating bacon. You're like, I don't want it. Gross, dude. Mmm, this bacon's extra salty today. Anyways. Anyways, so that... Now, the first dude, he just confessed and recanted and confessed and recanted, and then there was a gross pig and he was killed. This guy, he gets, he molests a bunch of pigs. They don't have any reaction whatsoever. He gets to the pig that everyone thinks that he banged. And it's like, oink, oink. And then, sorry, sorry for that sound effect, guys. I really, really apologize for that. And then it, it exploded everywhere. He doesn't get murdered, which I'm fine with. Because I don't think the death penalty should be there for a dude banging a pig. But. He gets only convicted of just kind of being a gross dude in general and public exposure. Because that was another thing. This guy would walk around town. I should have said this earlier. This guy would walk around town exposing himself to women and children. So he was a pervert. He was a total pervert to begin with. So they charged him. But the bestiality charges were dropped. Even though he made this female pig have an orgasm in the middle of the farm. So that is, that's the story of a bunch of sicko weirdos in old-timey America. So that is, that's it. That's the story of justice in the 1600s, in a time when witchcraft and warlocks and Satan and old toe-claw-hoof, old split-hoof, that was his name, a.k.a. the devil, was thought to be walking all around America. You had people being convicted for banging animals... And the only evidence was gross-looking piglets and piggy mamas having orgasms. And that was gross. And we have... we've You guys needed that? You guys needed me to call it gross? And we have moved forward 
as a nation, as a society. So the next time you're sitting on a jury trial and you're bored because it's like a civil trial and some guy's arguing that someone else was using his garage, but you know, you're just kind of zoning out, just remember, things could be worse. Things could be worse because while you're sitting in that trial, bored out of your minds, sitting exactly where you were, theoretically, not physically, hundreds of years ago, a group of men <laughs> watched a pig have an orgasm as a gross-looking dude molested it. Count your blessings, people. Count your blessings. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day. Be safe. Be kind. I love you, and I will see you later. Bye.